0: What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster face, and we're bringing you guys another episode. This one's coming hot, and we mean it, hot off the heels of the FNCS Invitational. And of course, we have the returning Life with Panda and SBG here, straight out of Raleigh. But they live there. They're lucky. They didn't have to travel. What's up, Panda?
1: Hey, man. Honestly... You, as you could probably tell throughout this episode, I lost my voice. And I wasn't even—I wasn't even talent. I was not an analyst. I was a caster. I was a fan in the crowd, screaming at the top of my lungs. And I got lucky. I—I I got to sleep in my own bed at night. But man, what an experience it was. What about you, SPG?
2: Dude, it was a long week. It was awesome. Like I feel like Tuesday really started. Everyone got into town. We started doing stuff, hanging out. And then it didn't stop. We even all grabbed lunch yesterday just to get some closure and kind of set it, set it aside. But man, it was so nice to see everyone and everyone coming to Raleigh. That's what I like.
0: Heck yeah. Big shout outs to uh, somebody's gun housing us on the, the entry day, all the talent going over to his, it's a beautiful home in North Carolina. And and he made us food, him and the wife. That it was awesome, guys. So things really kicked off. Um, I would say perfectly for us, you know, being able to touch down, hang out with friends and, and fam, and of course, everyone involved in the show. So super awesome way to start things off. And it did not stop there. Uh, just to give you guys a little, a little retrospective, a little, a little behind the scenes how it kind of played out. All the talent and players were housed at a hotel deep in the city, a bit a ways away from the convention center, but with just enough privacy to uh, go ahead and have some space to play and compete and kind of warm up and practice and lead up to the FNCS. And then, of course, we got to the weekend. But before we start talking about the crazy showdown that was the 12 games this weekend, let's just talk about expectations coming into things and i'll I'll go last here but panda will kick it off with you coming into the fncs i think we i think it's fair to say we all didn't know what the turnout was going to be what the event was going to look like or how any of this is going to play out what do you think did it exceed your expectations did it meet the mark was it was it just where you thought it was going to be
1: okay so i i gotta break this down here a little bit right because so going into the weekend I had a top five and I was pretty convinced that my top five was going to be the top five. Right. And I did not include Seti and Kami in the top five. I include them in my top 10. I actually include them sixth, but they were not my top five. Wow. But for every, like every person that I went around and talked to and I told my top five, um, I always said like, There's no way to tell who's going to walk away in first. It is literally going to be a battle to the final moment. And sure enough, it was. And uh, now reviewing my top five in comparison to the leaderboard, only one of my teams made it into the top five, that being Queasy Vino. So um, that just tells you how much talent and skill were on that stage this weekend and um you can't take away anything from anybody man because it was beautiful performances across the board
0: i don't want to pull too far away from that because that, that's, that's a fun little mini segue uh sbg just by chance off the cuff were any of your top fives close how close did uh, your mark hit
2: um so i had crazy vino top five thomas tripper and uh Ph. Zan and Kitos. where Thomas and tripper and finished just outside pHC and Nankitos snagged that, that fifth place nice. in that last game. Uh, so those were my two. I definitely got everything else wrong. It's a really, I had Cami and Seti. Honestly, I thought they were going to get bullied by some teams landing nearby with their split drops, but that just didn't happen. They seemed to be the bully in the lobby in the middle of the map, which was really cool to see. And you know, that's ultimately why they were
0: so dominant is because they came ready. Sick, actually, I had Cami and Seti winning the tournament, believe it or not. Uh, there was an article by GameSpot and they tweeted out afterwards, like, uh, crazy how the face predicted the FNC as winner. But I had Cami, Seti, and Vino and Queasy inside my top five. Miro, Booga were there as well. They were probably the biggest miss as far as the picks went from my end. And I had Epic Whale and Reed up there as well. I, I don't know. I, I expected so much more after seeing what they did at Gamers A, Saudi Arabia. I was like, man, Epic Whale should be able to come in and, and pull like a, a dominant position. But it seems like they had a tough one as well. So all of us had some general idea, I think, of Vino and Kweezy being amongst the deadliest. And it's pretty clear because they had um, had the wildest roadmap coming in. It was almost undeniable to uh, to put them inside that top position, but all right, let's let's jump back to the original question. Um, did they reach your mark as far as the overall event, SBg? like w- what were you thinking coming in viewership? All that atmosphere vibes, the event itself, execution? was it was it what you thought it was gonna be? I think it was way more. If I'm just being honest with you, like we haven't had a
2: land event in a while, so I, I didn't really have super high expectations, both on viewership. I thought the stage would be cool. And, like, all the graphics and stuff would be cool. But, again, Blast and Epic just crushed that. Like, that intro, I watched that from home on on my PC or on the TV the first day. Second day, I get to go into the venue. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This was even better in person. And then just the entire day, is so unbelievable to get in a crowd, just root with everybody. And then the games, I mean, you know, the players and the games are going to be good, but everything around it. And uh, we'll talk about viewership. I'm sure in a second, but that, Absolutely destroyed my expectations.
0: Yeah, and I want to give an early shout out for, for the listeners coming in. Man, Practice Server had the chance to play just a small part in this whole thing, man. And I really got to thank the folks over at Blast for giving us the chance. Um, They allowed our team to take part in some of the tournament stage administration parts of this whole entire uh, moving cogwheel that was a delivery of the FNCS Invitational and yeah man it was our first time being able to work a live event and what way to do it than for the return to land and it was so special for some of our team involved so on behalf of the practice server crew and we've had so much to talk about behind the scenes we also just want to say thank you for that because i think i think the community felt it too like the the players being able to connect with some familiar faces and and knowing that Basically, we had their backs, right, and their best interests, as far as the experience would go, um was also really cool. So, man, big shouts to that, but I want to give my thoughts. Um, expectations blown completely out the water. I'm not gonna lie, dude. My bar was set extremely low. I was like, man, I'll be happy if, like, you know, a good chunk of these seats are filled out, and I could like hear the crowd and then to turn it all around and see that it's more or less a sold out show every position every every part of that um that arena uh, setting that was the way it was positioned out and set up was was jammed out pretty much all seats taken you know that was that was everything for me and I I knew the show was going to be good like you said you know the gameplay there's no way it's not going to be great games right from like an avid fan perspective but it was my, my biggest worry was like Dude, what are we going to do about filling out these seats? Like, who the heck's coming to North Carolina? Like, I wasn't sure about all that part of it. And it it did meet the mark. Now I want to jump into, though, the viewership. Once again here, my bar was set low, dude. I'm like, bro, I'll be happy with 40K, maybe 50K on the main broadcast, only to turn out the pre-show blue 50k out the water, like it was like 60, 70, 80, 90, and rising all the way through to game one, and that was just how things began on the main broadcast. So for me, Panda, just the viewership turnout was absolutely incredible. And I don't think, personally, I really don't think people expected that much hype around the FNCS Invitational.
1: Uh, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree. I, you know, it's I saw the the hype starting to really build for the Invitational. But In my mind, I was still like, okay, 25 to 35K viewership is probably good. If it if it gets to 50K, great, but 25 to 35. That's what I was legitimately thinking. And I, I, I even mentioned that to some people at the hotel when we were waiting for you guys for the barbecue, right? Right. And uh, they looked at me and they're like, well, I surely hope not. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, and so... Looking at uh, looking at it back right, no one could have expected the uh, community engagement. The I mean, literally, almost every major influencer tweeted out how important it is to tune in to the FNCs Invitational, and that's not something that's been done all year, right? And and I think that played a huge part in people watching. The category was consistently over 300k, which Fortnite hasn't seen probably in a year, right? Like at least. So, um, I probably grand Royale to be honest with the last time in the hype hour, but like legitimately outside of that, it, it really, um, it really blew me out of the water. Viewership numbers, uh, exceeded any imaginable, um, reach that I anticipated. And then of course, like you mentioned, uh, the crowd packed house, packed house and it felt good. Um, there was one bit of feedback I saw people saying after the fact, like they wish there was some some more to do like around the venue. But all in all, I mean like this felt like a genuine, true uh esport experience, which in my opinion I didn't even feel at World Cup. Like right. this this felt even more special to me than World Cup and I was there, like I was in the crowd.
0: I think I think Dude. when it comes when it comes down to capturing what the competitive viewer wanted we definitely got that or at least i feel like that was what was being delivered here which i mean th- that was why they brought in blast right who has this this level of expertise in in building a competitive product and this land absolutely show the spg what, what were your thoughts you come in you, you get to see this this mega i don't know dude mile wide stage it felt like it was so massive um, What what were your thoughts
2: so First of all, I already said it. The intro is awesome. really right. love that. And then, you know, they started saying we're going to announce every single duo. I'm like, oh, it's going to take a while. Like, let's just get to it. But the way, first of all, shout out to you and Jacob for, like, keeping the energy oh. for all 50 duos both days. That was like
0: a and- cast before a cast, by the way. <laughs> like- <laughs>
1: and And just a quick note, like, for you guys at home that don't realize, they have to rehearse that. So that's done twice a day, plus rehearsals. Like, we were there early with media, and we were hearing them go through the list. And, of course, you know Monster sang to me a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. But, <laughs> uh, no, he, we, he they had to go through the list. There's so, so much work on the casters, but you guys absolutely crushed it.
2: Yeah, so just continuing to, like, go through those. On the first day, I thought it was really cool. I'm like, okay, you know, that was at a pretty good pace. That, that didn't seem too lo- drawn out. It was broken up with interviews and things, so it didn't seem like it was overwhelming. And then day two, I'm coming, I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to do this again. And then I'm sitting there I'm like, yes, yes, let's do this again. <laughs> I love
0: this. Like, keep going. Give me more. I, I want more than 50 duos announced. Um, and, and, and day two was really cool because we – we actually updated the entire intro. They were relevant to the way day one closed out. So we it was almost like a its like a pre-story, like a catch-up. Like, hey, setting a stage like this team played, basically performed well. This is where they left off, and this is what they have to do to overcome today.
2: And those introductions are so hard in Fortnite because you have 50 teams that right. you need to introduce. It's not like here's Phase Clan versus like LG or something. And you could do a nice long conversation about who everything is, but to hit it on the head as to one to two sentences quickly about each duo and then keep moving, I thought was awesome. So in general, my my expectations, like we've already talked about, were absolutely crushed in a good way. That's probably the wrong word, but they did a really good job from beginning to end, I thought, I mean, we'll talk about the trophy ceremony, but that was even epic too. Like all the, the lights, the scenery, the confetti, that it felt, felt like a championship, you know, which it was. And I'm just happy we got to experience that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and just from, for my own personal opinion, the player walkout was my favorite, favorite part of it. Uh, I obviously had the opportunity to yell those names and, and, you know, give everyone their chance and their moment, but I've never been a part of anything like that from a technical level, from um, uh, just having to adapt and pick up a new skill because there was definitely much more preparation in that than anything else I've had to uh, be ready for. You only had 10 seconds to deliver your absolute perfect intro with one chance and, and a timer, basically. You had to do it perfectly right then and there. Get up and get out and... um it felt super awesome to be able to execute that. So thank you, SBJ. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, it was it was probably the yeah the biggest task of my weekend, and and it came at the start of the event. Imagine so all the pressure is like all right, I finally get to talk. Don't mess it up. You know what I mean? Like that was that was the job. So if you weren't there, you you've you've totally missed out, guys. I don't know how else to say this. It, it, and I hate to say that you missed out because it's already over, and we don't know when it comes next. But if this ever does happen again, when it does happen again, man, do your best. You might want to show up in person. It's gonna be freaking amazing. They're probably gonna take it up to the next level. Uh, let's let's chat about some of that uh, some of that viewership stuff now. Let's let's really get into it, right? We we kind of hit a little surface level about this this event. Obviously, exceeded our expectations. We we all had this this bar set low. I think peak concurrent uh, viewership at at some given time on the Twitch main channel was, I believe, just shy of 100,000 viewers on day two, game 11. So right before the peak finale, um, right around that point in time, I believe everything peaked out. That was also right around the time Fortnite game used their main social Twitter handle to finally uh, uh, promote this tournament. Think about that as well, guys. You're tuning in. You're listening. What's going on? The promotion for this event was not done through the main uh, following and, and avenues of Fortnite. That was not done through leveraging the in-game tournament system or the in-game uh, uh, announcement features, none of that. This viewership, this turnout, this the attention brought to this event was based almost purely off of the... Um, the avenues and the outlets of media agencies that jumped in in the final hour, right? Let's be honest. No one was writing about this up until the last day. And the players in FN Comp's official handle. That was like where all of this uh, um, buzz came from. And to get that level of retention, in my opinion, and only putting in 25, let's call it 50% effort, was exceptional. Um I don't have the peak numbers in front of me. If one of you guys do, you. SBG, you got it. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So peak for the Fortnite channel, which is literally only the Fortnite Twitch channel. They stream it on YouTube, TikTok, all that other stuff. Ninety-four thousand. Wow. Massive. And that. Then there was also Mongrel, Aussie, Amar, who all peaked at like. Mongrel almost had thirty. Aussie and Amar had twenty two thousand p. Wow. FG had another fifteen.
0: So people were watching this on a bunch of different channels, just on Twitch. And and that's the other thing. When's the last time you've seen Mongrel enthusiastic about kind of getting into the Fortnite space again? Right. So almost the 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 unspoken side of this is the revitalization for some content creators. Coming in and making making actual content around this. Uh, Cipher PK flew down just to watch this in person. And, and he had the chance to jump up on stage. Uh, Somerset was there. Phase replays. There was tons of just influencers tuning in. And a lot of these guys support the zero build, you know, kind of track. They don't even play competitive. But for them to be so invested as well in just what's going on with the the overall comp scene was also truly special. Um, let's talk about Fortnite.com. Uh, Fortnite.com watch.com Watch, it Fortnite?
1: watch.fortnite.com
0: <laughs> yeah i i say it a lot and somehow i still don't remember it at some point there was a 000 viewers watching on watch.fortnite.com separate from the twitch channel separate from youtube and tiktok and everything else not including legends landing in game which we will we don't get those numbers for this um do we think do we think epic's happy with the the amount of people that came to watch this i can't
1: oh, imagine, imagine that they're not yeah like there's no way even if you look at youtube which youtube historically are the lowest numbers right like um uh finals uh or let's look at yeah so like semi 73k 84k 179k 172k these are all days throughout um eu fncs last season right FNCS Invitational day 1 449,000 people tuned in. FNCS Invitational day 2 284,000. So those are the YouTube numbers. So that is the overall who tuned in, right? Obviously, they're not going to be as high as like I guarantee if we watched or looked at the overall Twitch numbers, it's definitely a million plus. Right. Like um that's just the name of the game here when it comes to this stuff. So even for YouTube being probably the lowest viewed platform it still exceeded expectations and exceeded anything that had been done in recent time
0: right by by at least twofold or or close to it or maybe a little more so that's definitely massive and and just to give a little bit of a a little special uh, piece of info that no one else will probably ever hear about unless you listen to this podcast but the vice president of epic games was in attendance as well he walked up to the stage podium where I was casting, and Jacob was casting, and he straight said to me, "Hmm, what a big old smile on his face. Uh, maybe we need to do some more of these, you know?" Like, and he was obviously oh, yeah. giving us some crazy immaculate vibes, um, and hinting at the idea of he, I think I think Epic was pretty pleased, um, about the the atmosphere. I have one to add and
1: i know i knew in the moment but i was too afraid to say anything i went to the influencer lounge on day 1 before all the influencers started coming in i went up with power gpu and brave and i look at the couch and i see this guy sitting on the couch and i'm like there's no way right tim sweeney was there as well
0: whoa lurking stayed, in the shadows
1: he stayed away from the stage um, but he was in there on the couch, um, chilling with influencers. So look, they were in attendance and I can imagine that they had some expectations going into this, and I hope that those expectations were met. Because you have to remember, like us as a community, we're like, Yeah, this blew it out of the water, but internally to the teams that are signing the checks, right? They're looking at things like, Okay, this needs to be backed. This needs to exceed X number. This needs to do this, right? So um, it'll be interesting to see if it actually hit those, but I, I, I really hope it did.
2: And the craziest thing is, I'm looking at it right now. Shout out to Esports Charts for putting all this info so it's nice and easy to see. This destroyed any other FNCS that has taken place. 18k peak viewers more than any other fncs beforehand which is crazy to think about because we've been doing this for about three years now and we just obliterated the previous records for i don't want to say the same tournament but like the similar level of tournament that we've seen over the past three years it ha- hasn't gotten to world cup levels you know because that's wild but we saw something
0: we haven't seen in a long time
2: in Fortnite and that should be awesome news for everyone.
0: It arguably the lowest time of interest across the board as far as competitive um interest goes as well so we're talking about like we we're in the slums right we're at the bottom of the barrel of like comp interest in general and for this to just go ahead and pop off like i said before i think it really and truly does revitalize things and you know it's real when tim sweeney retweets something from fortnite competitive account by the way he retweeted (laughs) the craziest clash that we have ever seen between vino and queasy landing on our first place now champions Cami and Seti at the gas station drop at their Cami split. Let's um let's talk about that. Uh, I think I think the people want to know what was that all about? How was that? I'm gonna set the stage first. I completely blew immersion. I apologize for yelling in everyone's ear, <laughs> but I jumped out of my caster shoes and became an absolute nerd for a second. I just I, I couldn't help it. All that all it, it just came out. I said, oh, like, like, what What just like, it's very rarely do I genuinely break a version and not like do my job. But at that point I have to shut up for a second and remind myself it's time to cast this thing, this head to head. SBG set the stage for me. Why was this so significant?
2: All right. So for 10 out of 12 games from game one, Up until after game 11, Queezy and Vino were in first place and Cami and Seti, they were hanging in there. They were never too far away, but not in 10 games. The majority of the tournament, were they able to overtake them game 11 Cammy and Seti come out on top. They have like, I think it was a 14 point lead, 10 point lead going into the final game. And Everyone's like, oh, man, it's going to come down to Queasy and Vino, Cami and Seti. Who's going to win this one? And, you know, everyone kind of theorizes, oh, if you're trying to win a tournament, just go land on first place, take them out. And then that way you get it. But no one's ever done this before. No one has ever done this before. And they lock in queasy talks about it afterwards he's like i wanted to do this vino was a little hesitant and then he finally said let's do this and they were locked in landed on first place and i mean monster you talked about it as it was happening and and it almost no it
0: almost didn't happen the players were on the battle bus right and in the way the bus loaded from the island the 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 first time it looked like it would have been okay for them to just play their game out. And that was the first time Vino says, "Not, nah, we're not going to do it. But the lobby actually reset. And what happened was the battle bus shifted courses. And this time, it was unfavorable to Vino and Queezy's draw spot. And in previous games, off of that similar battle bus, they were actually targeted and shot from the air before they touched down. As we all know, depending on how the battle bus goes, you can actually be griefed before you even touch the floor. You can be farmed for surge tags. And it turns out that was the deciding factor when Queasy asked again, are you sure? Like, like, we need to do this. And Vino just said, F it. Let's go. (laughs) And then they jump off the battle bus and they decide to contest them right on top of their drop. I had a lot to say about this moment. Not forget the call. Like. Go watch the, the actual commentary if you want to see how that went down. It was crazy. We had some power lines in there. They'll be watched forever. But I had so much to say about it on, on Twitter afterwards.
1: Yeah, and, and let me add to this, right? When you rewatch the moment, think about it from this perspective. Vino Queasy don't land here. They win the drop. That's one point crazy. Cuesi, Vino. Crazy. Um Queasy then Noxetti. That's two advantages now. That queasy Vino have over Cammy and Seti. Cammy left as a solo player, gets the final shot onto Seti, Seti drops, right? It all comes down to Vino to clutch up. Now, historically, Vino's been in this situation before with Tayson in the solo, um, the All-Star solo event, right? Where he missed that crucial shot to go down to Tayson, right? So then Vino, in this situation against Cammy goes to build, and what happens? The build doesn't place because... He didn't have the map awareness to know that you can't build a wall in the middle of the gas station where he was. And if he had built that wall, the fight was over. He would have won. There is no question. But then that got into his head. He backs up and misses the crucial shot for the second time in a, in an FNCS final to lose a major tournament. So uh, shout out to Vino man. If you look back at all the VODs and stuff, he is one of the most, Incredible players, hands best down. player in the world. Yeah, like, and it's not even close. Like, he is so good. Um, but it's tough to watch him with such talent fall like that.
0: But and, and I want to talk about the what I was pushing on, on on socials. I I wholeheartedly believe that Vino and Queezy are like uh, undoubtedly some of the two of the bravest and cur- most courageous. <laughs> players to touch the game of Fortnite. um we have seen many players uh competitors in a position like we said to where again on paper just take out first place and it all makes sense not a single person has ever risen to the challenge and and attempted to go for the crown out the gate and vino and queasy uh, against I guess now they're probably looking back and thinking, against all uh, better thoughts, go ahead and commit to this play. But they make it the most iconic play we've ever seen in the Fortnite tournament um, to date. Like, by far, the stakes don't get any bigger than that, and it just doesn't get any better than that. And we saw a very, very, very valiant attempt. They had everything until they didn't. Quite literally. And it all does come down to that one single build. Uh, Boop put out a, an excellent meme post. They said this is the new wall of Poland. And they kind of edited the the place you can't <laughs> build and put the Poland flag there. Because uh, Cami and Seti are two Polish players. And the community loved it. I thought it was an excellent little piece of meme history now forever embedded in the community. Uh, go check that one out. But... It, it, it was for all the marbles, man. And in that moment, they just, in my opinion, did something that I think Epic has to be. They just have to continue to count their lucky stars. And what do I mean by that? If you were in attendance, if you were one of the three or four thousand people there and you got to experience that, that's going to be a moment that you will never forget. The cheering, the stakes, the 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 complete Caught off guard nature of the talent the production and and the fans alike the players alike it was incredible it was so memorable I'm willing to bet all four thousand people in attendance are buying the next event period if they can help it they have probably cemented themselves as in in you know indefinite fans of fortnite competitive and that was like the best case scenario for the for all of comp scene, but also they probably just inspired many, many, many other players, teams, and people in, the, in t- who find themselves in that position to say, "We can do this. Maybe we can do this." I hope so. I hope someone else sees this and doesn't look at the
2: result right, because if you're result oriented based on this, we're never seeing this again. Well, well,
0: here's the thing: the results still like, like in said he won, but like. In my so did Vito and Queasy, like what they like, so did they. They didn't have to, like, they didn't have to make it that special for us, but they knew that if they wanted to win the game, Cami and Seti are a type of team that they, they don't fall in early or mid game. And last game lobbies end faster than any other game historically, and it's just like a universal truth. The lobby's going to double key each other down, both teams are going to make it to end game. You have to somehow. Even in that position, it's not about placement. It's about can I literally eliminate six or seven more players than the base average they're going to get this game and then still outplace them because we're both absolutely making it to end game. You know it's going to happen. That's just how yeah. Fortnite plays out. Game 12 is going to the end. It was oh, the absolute right decision. no
2: like you said it is the only decision if you're that team because Cammy and Seti were the most consistent team throughout the entirety of this tournament so you have to respect the heck out of that move because it's playing to win the tournament you're trying to steal the tournament away from somebody else and win it yourself as opposed to essentially just sitting back crossing your fingers and hoping that Cammy and Seti lose the tournament and for a fan, for someone that loves competition, that was the best moment we could have ever asked for because you have a team trying to take it within their own hands and not leaving it up to chance. So that was, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I mean, so from the crowd's perspective, you hear, there's like a little lull. There's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone's like tapping the person next to you. Whoa, 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 what's going on? Hands and then it's, it's a roar it gets louder and louder and then the first one goes down it's "Ah!" and then the second one and oh that was like you said i will never forget that moment i don't think anyone that follows comp Fortnite will and probably top one out of out of one
1: yeah i literally grabbed my wife grabbed bryson right and i'm like what the fuck like just fully, <laughs> I knew what was happening uh, and I knew that in that moment this was going to be the biggest moment the biggest play in Fortnite history and there's no doubt about it, there's no question like the impact of what happened there is going to have a ripple effect uh, forever
0: yeah and and also man I gotta give respect to the we all have to give respect to the broadcast crew they t- to t- to pick that up there's guys When you're observing a game, it's in real time. Like, after two incredibly long days of event work and everyone's ready to clock out and go home and, you know, like, shout out to the staff, man. They caught that. That could have been missed easily if you were not paying attention, if you were not passionate about the game, if you we sleeping on. If you were swigging water instead of switching to your player at that time, it happened that quickly. And they literally did not drop a beat. Uh, the moment those players jumped off that battle bus, we had that action. Like, th- dude, that's like peak. And people don't understand how hard it is to observe in real time. You don't get to go and rewind and watch that back. You have to be there to see it.
1: And let me add to that, right? So uh, this is public knowledge. He tweeted it, right? So the guy that kind of like guides the observers, his name is Kuno. Oh, Kuno, yeah. And so this tells you how good these observers are. Kuno walked away to go to the bathroom when this all happened, and the observers still understood the significance and made sure it was on the screen. So that team absolutely crushed it
0: yeah and and just to under give you a, just a little brief understanding of like what kuno's job is his job is to literally weave together the story he's watching you know let's just say that the 20 monitors that have all the game plan he's saying okay this is this is what's best for the show this is what we need to capture follow this fight right so like when it comes down to order of significance and weaving a full story I mean, the production crew have to literally execute, again, in real time. So, yeah, for him to step away, uh, he doesn't get to watch the finale, if you will. He only gets to now hear about it from the bathroom stalls. Uh, a little bit of a painful blow for someone who put in all the work all year long and then misses the big moment. Um, Arab as well. I was chatting with him um post event and he was super pissed off he stepped away I think to go get food and the game started he also didn't get to physically watch the moment but he was in attendance so there's a couple people that definitely have a a little bit of a sad story and they get to hear the faint roars from the halls down ways and they realize "Uh uh-oh I might have missed something big and then they come back and find out what it all was in that moment it plays out Cami and Seti win, and history is made. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the narration and commentary provided by me and Jacob in that given time. I did my best to make it feel special, sound special, and uh, no one sent me a complaint yet, so I think we did a pretty solid job. Go check out FN Competitive if you guys want to see that one more time. They just released a four-minute recap video, and it literally highlights the uh, the significance of the big wins between Vino and and Cami's teams absolutely incredible. Um, one more thing before we move on to some of the other standout plays throughout the course of the weekend. Got to touch base with Queezy and Vino. Uh, they they in the in the moment were uh, really upset, but I think by the end of the evening, they walked away with their heads held high. They feel really good. They were proud, and they now understand that. Um, They solidify themselves as undeniable, like, psychos, and and people love them. And they've gained uh, an entire new fan base, and I think, respect that no one uh, uh, expected them to have by the end of this event. So, big shout-outs to them, man. S- still, like you said, uh, SBG, the best players in the world, like, by far coming into it. And uh, they put up the numbers.
2: And one more thing before we should probably also talk about Cammy and Seti, give them their oh, yeah, flowers. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, before we out. make that transition, <laughs> one one little uh piece that I think is a massive development for the Fortnite competitive scene was the way that we saw Queasy and Vino handle going down and being interviewed after the fact. We've seen a lot of bad interviews in the past, and that easily could have been one of them. But the professionalism, the respect, the humbleness that they displayed after they went down and were interviewed following the tournament, Love I, I need to give them a special shout-out just for that, regardless of what happened in the gameplay. They were respectful. They gave a shout-out to the winners, Kami and Seti, gave them their due respects, knew that they were trying to make a play. It didn't work out for them, and clearly, you know, they were upset, but they handled themselves in the best manner possible so
0: they they handled that- they handled themselves with absolute grace like they they actually delivered such an excellent interview and i know adam savage probably didn't want to keep asking them more questions but i have to assume production was in their ear like no no this is awesome ask them more cuz they <laughs> they were really uh handling their their loss like like absolute champions and and it's again a very rare moment where second place and first place kind of Get solidified literally in the in the first couple seconds of the tournament, but you knew that was it as well. Like there was no way anyone was catching up to second at that point. Um, they had solidified such a dominant lead. Like these were your two by far outstanding outliers of the competition weekend. Like they were the best teams. Um and Cammy and Seti, you guys played excellent. Your day one play of using shield bubbles with the boat rotate. I nerded out a lot of people in the crowd nerded out. Um, and then day two, other teams actually stole the strategy and began utilizing it as well. That that was how much of an impact of the preparation Cammy and SETI had coming into this, that they literally influenced other teams to, to play better, right, based off of what they put in. And, you know, it's it's the little things that people uh, take for granted. And this is why Cammy SETI, Becoming Legends, Reno, and everyone else in, in that entire uh, chain of, of the organization – have to be proud, and they are absolutely proud, and they get all the credit because <clears throat> Camus said he said it. They've been playing together for three years as a duo, and it all pays off uh, from, the, from literally the beginning of the pandemic, right before that, up until now. They stuck it through, they played hard, they waited for the return of lands, and they, they did it. Um, and there's no other team that has been together that long who had, now has those levels of accolades. So, big shout outs to them. Huge deal. Um,
2: it is huge.
0: Uh, but but I do I do like we're 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 running low on time, which sucks, right? We we're we can go about this because there's so many branches that we can we can start to build off of here. But I, I, before this episode ends, I want to give the absolute credit to the underrated regions that showed up and put on a performance this weekend. At the end of these types of international tournaments, everyone always looks at the top ten. How many EU teams are there? How many NA teams are there? And who else made it on to the standings? Um, This time around, there were two regions that I think blew all expectations out the water. Um, Brazil, maybe not so much, but Japan definitely showed up and showed us what they are capable of. Um, The previous FNCS champions of Asia, Zagu and Marim, two Japanese players just slayers man put out one hell of a game 1 through 4 performance to the point to where they earned the entire community's respect because no one thought it was possible and also just so you all are understanding they are misrepresented or underrepresented in the overall playing uh, a player pool here so for you to make a significant uh, um performance when it matters when there's only like Four of you guys in the event versus the you know the percentage difference. Like this is an EU majority event. And NA second when it comes down to the population that shows in, they come in and they make sure they represent uh, their regions are represented and they put up a great performance. That is extremely hard to do. And you have the odds stacked against you. So big shout outs to Zagu and Marim from Asia. They put up, and they're the previous FSCS champions. I think that's the coolest part about it. It's like, hey, they're champions for a reason. And you got to watch them pop off at the invitation against all the rest of the world. And that that to me was like the coolest touch. But of course, Brazil showed up to SBG. One of your teams, like you said, broken into that top 10. Let's talk about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's pronounced pega or P-H-Zin, as I was told Be- was the acceptable.
0: Be- Achezin.
2: So, P.H. in for you guys that don't <laughs> speak Brazilian, uh, and Quito's this team, I mean, P.H. has been by far the best player in Brazil for, like, the past year and a half. He won four straight FNCSs. I believe he won two out of three this year. Uh, so, just telling you those should be enough respect. But you watch the VODs, this, this guy, this team, they get it. They have the mechanics. They have the knowledge for a region that, really they could just run through they play the game and just control a lobby that is unbelievable and they finished top five this was a team i expected to play well at this region they showed up it's very easy to get nervous and scared on the big stage but they did not let any of that happen they played super consistently for someone that hasn't played in this caliber of lobby And then also the other team is the other Brazilians of Z and KBR. I really did not expect much from these guys, If I'm being honest, but I got proven wrong and they showed up getting, let's see, ninth
0: place. And and you know what? On Sunday night, the day after the tournament, I got to hang out with them. So I know Spanish, they speak Portuguese. It's close enough for us to actually talk. And it was hilarious. The TLDR of the way our conversation went was monster. Why do you pronounce me, pronounce me as Zit? My name is Cheet, And I said, bro, it's because Cheats in Portuguese, like you know, stands for shit. We can't say that <laughs> on broadcast. And he started laughing, dude. And him and all his boys finally understood like, oh, okay. We thought you just didn't know how to pronounce. And I was like, nah, bro, we just can't say it. Your name basically sucks. And he says, hey, when I get back home, I'm changing it to Zit. And I will, I will make sure you can pronounce my name correctly next time. And now, he has changed his name instead of cheat to Z, which is really, really funny. So he's going to go throw a Z on there. Um, Just a fun little background story. But I did get to hang out with King and Ed. Shout out to Ed. He gets signed to Team, um, team Liquid. King, unfortunately, the World Cup King, Argentina King, could not and did not perform quite up to the task. But the rest of Brazil is absolutely uh got, got 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 the numbers put up there to be represented and they had they had a great little uh, moment in the crowd too they had the flags out and the dudes were like some of the loudest in the corner there you you love to see it um Panda, any any other outliers any standouts that anything you want to shout out about our top 10 and how things played out
1: um i mean just to add to PHN and and quitos like on day two four out of six games were top 10 performances so they showed up heavy on day two and and earned that top five spot. Um, Smite and Larson, I think despite some adversity that they dealt with, still found themselves in the top 10. That's a that's a huge one. And then I love to see Scented and Cold in third.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I respect Scented and Cold coming out in, in top three. What's so interesting about the top three and the story that it tells me is You have your best mid ground team, Cami and Seti, coming out, taking the tournament. Your best high ground team, Vino and Queasy, take second place in the tournament. And your best low ground team, Sentinel and Cold, take third. Your three best performing teams, each of which have very individual stylistic, right? Like like peaks and, and preferences in play style, all showed up. In consecutive order, inside the top three, and that's something no one's talking about. But I thought was just really cool, like as a small detail, because Fortnite is kind of broken up into threes, like as we know it. Like you have your kings of low, your people that play exceptional mid, then your cycles at height who like know how to win and and they pick up big points. And each of those performances had such uh, great results uniquely that they all came out in top three. So I found out to just be super, super cool as like a small little note that like no two amazing low ground teams were inside the top three. And same can be said for mid ground and high ground because it's like one person or one team either did it and did it the best or didn't do it at all. And and that's kind of what we saw this weekend. So very, very cool. And also big shout out to Sentinel and Cole just being the best NA performing team. On the international stage this weekend. Smite and Larson, I absolutely love you guys, man. For y'all to come through to just young gunners be contested against some champs, man, some decorated players, some of OCE's best looter and Muzz mechanically gifted at an early game drop in and handle that. You gotta give so much respect to Muzz, uh, uh to Larson and Smite for putting up those those numbers and I know there's a whole villain story behind Scented because he was being an absolute moron this weekend, bullying people and, and doing all types of weird stuff on socials. Say what you will, the guy can play Fortnite, man. And when it came down to interviews and stuff, they, they, they did their thing. They were super respectful. They enjoyed themselves. So when it came down to tournament play, I, I at least appreciate the uh, yeah the respectfulness they gave and the professionalism they gave to the, uh, to the game.
1: Well, and just to add to that real quick, I wanted, when I said scented and cold, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I met scented. He seems like a nice guy outside the game, right? But I really wanted it for cold.
0: Cold is awesome. Like,
1: one year, one year ago, cold, we didn't know him, right? And now top three in the invitational. Biggest stage we've had since World Cup. That man deserves it. He's one of the hardest working and, and best players in my opinion in the world. So to see him show out like that was great.
0: And he and he had a he had a great moment. One of the one of the highlights of the tournament was definitely his little defensive maneuvers in a two v one post rebooting scented. He had to hold his own and it was against the Middle East region. It sucks that the Middle East had their one they had their chance, right? They had their chance. Show up. Like drop a team. Do it you know what I mean? For your for your people, for your country, for your region. And uh, they fell short. So, unfortunately, of all the regions that did show out, Middle East, hopefully this this international competition has lit a fire underneath you guys to work even harder and perform even better and get more representation the next time we do one of these international gatherings. Um, because Spy and Focus are great players. I saw them do their thing in the lounge. But that pressure on that big stage, They uh, they got dusted, man. It was tough.
2: And one other team that we need to give props to, and this is a cool story because I don't know how many people know that Alice and Threats literally couldn't communicate with one another. Right. Alice from the Asia region, Threats from NA East, neither speak each other's language. They could not communicate through one another. Alice is, Alice is Japanese. So I heard a story of they were practicing in the like lounge and threats is literally pointing at his screen to try and like communicate what is going on. They finished in 30th. They finished a lot or 29th. Sorry. A lot better than that's almost top fifty percent, and not even being able to speak with one another—that is wild, guys. And I know allegedly there was a, a translator—I don't know this for a fact—trying to help them out. But how much can you really like translate within Fortnite and make it relevant by the time it gets back to you? So, dude, that is such a cool story to see them even like not finish fiftieth—is wild the
0: the entire the entire pro community after the event the spectators the fans um i i want to say it really does feel like we're ushering into a new era of Fortnite um what a way for us to close out the year do it in such a celebratory fashion this event like we said could not have ended better all things considering looking at the the games and how they played out dude very little delays we had maybe um I think on day 1 one tournament, uh, one game crashed but that wasn't even before like it actually started which was again just lucky in my opinion because we've been in positions before where players literally crash out of their game and like what can you do right so this weekend everyone got to play every game out from the moment they dropped down to the moment they themselves got themselves eliminated and for me that's it. another massive W you got to give to to Epic Games being able to execute and have these tournament lobbies ready for the day because you know we again we've been through all these things these events time and time again and there's always something but this time it really does feel like there was nothing it was just great tournament great atmosphere and and a just damn good competition man so what a weekend it was in Raleigh um I, I was a little skeptical at first of them hosting it there. But now I want to see another one there. Now I'm more stoked to go back to North Carolina. And and hopefully they get to throw down at the same spot and and do it even bigger, invite more people out. And to touch on like what more stuff you could do around the event, what I would like to see more of, maybe next time we give another, just just also a huge and big shout out and a warm welcome to our backup players. Because I don't think we got to really see enough of the other players that could have been, and they were very much a part of this event too. Like you had Scope, like literally chilling in the back, and N Pen, and like all these awesome, awesome dudes that have this incredible insight on the game. Oliver OG, it, uh, uh, just I can name on so many players. Cease was there. Frey from EU. There were so many great players that understand this game at a high level too. And chatting with them, just about Fortnite on on just a regular level. Was very very cool, and I would love to see more pieces with just everyone that was there. Cause um, dude, they're they're as passionate as some of us, uh, you know, as passionate as all of us. Honestly, not some of us, all of us that love this game, and they have a lot to say too. So that's that's my one piece of feedback. Is is actually. I don't care about what you give for the fans and stuff. Those players, man, I want more. Like, I just want more from the guys that really know this game, man. And we're, of course, lucky enough to be invited out, flown out, be backup players and stuff, too. Any, any like, little pieces as we start wrapping this up? Maybe, Panda, you have a little piece of something you want to drop out there?
1: Yeah, one thing I want to talk about that um, they kind of slid in right before the last game. Chapter 3 ends in That's less right. than a month. Try Chapter it. 3 that just started last December is going. And I don't know if this is a new trend of yearly chapters now. If it is, I'm going to love that. I think it'll keep the game way pressure. But regardless, uh I'm interested to see what the future holds.
0: SBG
2: And the other piece is we have confirmed another FNCS for February. Don't really know more details. I was kind of hoping for more, not going to lie. Zeke did say, if you want to be on the stage next time, it starts in February. So just Mm, reading way too far into that. He said (laughs) stage and FNCS. So I'll take that well beyond where it needs to go. Yeah, those were the the two pieces. New chapter and uh, FNCS is going to continue.
0: Yeah, word. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely bummed we didn't get a big reveal the uh the blog post definitely hinted at there were going to be some announcements and it seems like those might have been pulled um but who knows all i said i I gave an optimistic approach online i said hey man maybe this is a good thing maybe they saw the turnout and they said hey you know what we were thinking it was too small of a fish let's go for the big fish you know maybe maybe we got something bigger maybe we just reveal it maybe we have a better we could do a delivery even better now that we know more or less what this could all be so hopefully there's some visionaries out there at epic that uh saw what unfolded this weekend and and believe in what could be as we continue to double down on this space but it was an excellent week nonetheless so that's gonna be it from us guys don't forget to send all your complaints to us here at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com i hope you all genuinely enjoyed this little recap episode behind the scenes thoughts feels from us the boys who was there in person at the event um panda as usual let the people at home know where they can find you
1: you already know find me life wpanda on twitter life wpanda on on uh tiktok and life with panda on youtube and twitch
0: solid spg uh
2: somebody's gun on everything except maybe not twitch anymore so uh somebody's gun on youtube and
0: Twitter. There you Wait go. On. Doubling down on that YouTube content. He's decided. He's just going to put in that work, baby. Go check out those uh, videos he's working with uh, online, guys. And as for me, as always, at MonsterDFace. As usual, across all social handles. I drop some little vlog stuff. If you want a little more behind the scenes on YouTube, just pulling out the phone, making a couple minute uh, couple minute videos. Um, I'll be doing more stuff like that. Just chatting with y'all. And uh, work. Until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boost those victory royales. Peace, y'all.